Good morning. Uh, good afternoon. You know, I'm, I'm not used to, if I'm up here and it's five minutes after 12 on a Sunday morning, you're, you're all out there going, you're going too long, preacher, you know. But I'm glad that you're here today for our, the first of our Holy Week services. Our, um, our, it's, they're all special. We have a different speaker and different music every day. And I hope that you'll come back and, and join us each day. Uh, and I want to just uh, say that right after this uh, service, we'd like to invite you to join us for lunch. We'll be going upstairs into the gathering room and, and join us for lunch. It'll be great, and we look forward to doing that. Um, we're going to start with a prayer, and then we're going to sing hymn number 359 together, so I'll be asking you to stand as you're able. But let's, let's open with prayer. Our gracious God, as we walk through this week, we think about the steps that you walked for us that first Holy Week. God, knowing what, what you knew and knowing what sacrifice you were going to make, you set your face to Jerusalem, Lord. And so we remember that. We, we don't want to be too quick to jump to Resurrection Sunday because we want to remember what you did for us all along the way. And so help us, Lord, to keep that in mind. Open our hearts to what Pastor Woody is going to say to us in just a few minutes, to the music that Ken is going to sing for us. So, Lord, may this be a true worship experience for us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And now let's stand together and sing number 359, Alas, and did my Savior bleed.
Please be seated. We're so blessed today to have Kent back with us. He is no stranger to, to us and singing here for us, and, and he's sharing his beautiful gift with us today. After Kent sings, uh, then Woody Wooden, who is the um, director of the Upper Sand Mountain Parish, is going to come and preach for us. He and I have been plotting and planning an Upper Sand Mountain Parish Sunday, and so we're, we're, we're scheming together while we're sitting up here. Uh, we, it's, uh, it's a wonderful ministry, and, and so um, I'm going to let him come and, and tell you what's on his heart today. So uh, we will welcome him, and right after Kent sings, uh, Pastor Woody will preach. I come to the garden alone While the dew is still on the roses And the voice I hear falling on my ear The Son of God discloses and he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me i am his own and the joy we share as we tarry there none other has ever known. He speaks and the sound of his voice is so sweet. The birds hush their singing and the melody that he gave to me within my heart is ringing and he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me i am his own and the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known.
I'd stay in the garden with him, though the night around me be falling. But he bids me go through the voice of woe, his voice to me is calling. And he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own. But the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever Good afternoon. Oh, I know we can do better than that and gas and good afternoon. There we are. Hello. I wanted to make sure I was in the right place. It is great to be with you. I appreciate so much the invitation to come and uh, and share in worship. I think this might be the first time I've ever spoken in this beautiful, beautiful space. And I, I got to tell you, I know it took a lot to get that seven-foot kawaii in that space right there. But of all the pianos in the world, the one I will buy my wife when we retire is that piano. Of all of them she's ever played in her musical career, that is her dream piano. And so I know that's an affirmation for me. I'm in the right place at the right time. Amen or oh me? Amen. Amen. Here we are. In many churches probably all around the world yesterday, we turned to the gospel according to Matthew and heard the text, perhaps for many of us, because I know I'm speaking, if not to the choir, at least the choir directors today, because you're here. And you'll understand more what that means as I begin to share this message this morning. But we turned to the 21st chapter of Matthew and heard about that triumphal entry, sometimes it's called, or when Jesus rode that donkey and the cold of the donkey into Jerusalem from Bethpage across that 1.8 miles. I've done my research about 1.8 miles between Bethpage and Jerusalem. That's what the journey was for that donkey and her foal. But that's not the scripture I want to talk about this morning because even though that scripture talked about that journey and that road into Jerusalem and what took place there with the crowds in front and behind and waving the palm branches and laying the cloaks on the road and singing this king's entry, Hosanna in the highest. It didn't say anything about any crossroads on that road, but I want to speak a little bit about crossroads today. Spiritual crossroads, not the physical crossroads that we might come to and be familiar with on our roads in the cities and countries of this country. But spiritual crossroads. And if we look at the two verses after the verses in the gospel according to Matthew in the 21st chapter, the 12th and the 13th verse, we see a spiritual crossroads that our Savior Jesus Christ comes to. And we see the decision that he chose to make and his actions based on that decision. 
So if you have your Bibles with you, I, I brought mine. Uh, thanks to Bible Gateway, it's really efficient. And the font's bigger than in my handheld Bible. So I can make it as big or small as my 60-year-old eyes need to be. Matthew 21, verse 12 and 13. As I like to say in my home church, when you got it, say amen. Okay, well, I'm going to read it. But I encourage people at home to follow along with me. Don't just take the preacher's word for what's in there. If you're like me, you'll change words from time to time based on translation that you have. Matthew 21, 12, and 13. Then Jesus entered the temple and drove out all who were selling and buying in the temple. And he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. He said to them, it is written... Quote, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. The word of God for all of his children. Thanks be to God indeed. Spiritual crossroads. We all have them. Jesus being fully human, yet fully divine, had them too. And he came into the holy city and he came into the temple, a place he'd been before. A place... He helped create prior to his ever being born in the flesh. He was there. Our triune God was there when the instructions were given to David and ultimately his son Solomon built that temple. And now he had seen how it had been turned into this place of prayer, this house of prayer, this house of an intentional meeting, an encounter with him had been turned into a den of thieves. People were being ripped off because of the religious rules. They had to have the temple shekel. They couldn't give an offering like we do with dollars and cents or, or our debit card or however we do it nowadays. Some people still write a check. I do too. I admit it. I write a check first of every month. Or my wife writes it. I have to be honest. A lot of times I say, sweetie, I forgot to check. Can you write it before you come over? And she does. It's okay to be honest in your church? Right. Okay, yeah, all right. Required. <laughs> okay, it's required. That's a great thing. But because of the religious rules of that day, you had to have the temple shekel, and so the money changers set how much it cost to have that shekel. Well, they had to have the shekel. To be right with God, according to those rules in that day, you had to have that shekel. And the money changers were just setting the price, like it would today, on how much a dollar is against a ruple or whatever. When I lived in Japan for seven years, it made a big difference when the yen was $300 to the yen and when it dropped to 110 and my, on the economy, 75,000 yen a month rent, it made a big difference. It made a big difference to these faithful followers of God coming to the temple. And so Jesus at the spiritual crossroads got angry, but he was righteously angry. He didn't kill anybody, but he taught him a lesson. Some translations talk about the cord that he made, and he whooped him, and he said, get on out of here. You have turned this into a den of thieves. You're ripping my people off. That's not what this place is for. Now, I know that 
I, I noticed that coming in here, I didn't see any money changers. I didn't see anybody selling different animals that you could, you know, depend on how much money you had. Expendable income depended on what animal you could buy. They had it all set up so the poor could buy a dove, the, the rich could buy a bull. You don't have any of that here. I know you haven't turned your sanctuary, your holy place, into a den of thieves. But we all have spiritual crossroads. We brought them with us. And Jesus didn't avoid this. He didn't deny it existed. He spoke truth to power. And he brought the message that this isn't right. And we can make it right if we follow his will. So how do we know what our spiritual crossroads are? And this is the message today. And again, I know I'm preaching to the choir or the choir directors because you're here. You're intentionally taking some time out of your day to prayerfully be with God. And the fruit of this intentional act, this free will act on your part, I pray for you today is these two things. That you will know God's will for your life and have the power to carry it out. It's the what and the why of our daily life in the Christian disciplines to spend daily time with God reading the scriptures I would pick this one up but it's really heavy the reading the scriptures spending time meditating on them praying to God which is simply talking to him and listening to him and the why so we will know his will for our life and have the power to carry it out I believe I believe, God, in my discernment process, in my prayer time, I believe too often, I almost said our churches, but it's really our people. Who is the church? We are. So the people in the church, the people who call themselves the kingdom of God, the body of Christ, far too often we turn a spiritual crossroads into, at best, a rest area, and at worst, a campsite. Feeling so secure in our salvation and where we are. Oh, preacher said, I'm saved now. Thank you, Jesus. I am done. I'm going to stay right here, safe and secure. I'm going to try to follow all the rules, but I'm just going to stay right here. Thank you very much. And if you're willing to do that, it, it can become very, very dangerous because at some point you're going to have a collision with a crisis. Whether it's a diagnosis, the loss, and especially an unexpected loss of a loved one. When I was a brand new pastor, my first wedding and my first funeral were sisters. One was 20 and one was 23. The 20-year-old got married and a week later the 23-year-old got buried. My next funeral was a Sid's baby. None of them were members of the church I served. I just came to know them in the community and was called in the crisis because the person that owned the daycare was my SPRC chair. And I met that young family. Without God and spending God, spending time with God every day, crises like that can overwhelm you. 
and you'll be at that spiritual crossroads. Like, I don't know any racing fans. The old, the old, there was an old kind of dirt track race they used to call a figure eight race. Anybody ever seen one of those? Well, it was shaped like a figure eight, which meant the race cars were crossing. And the only way to survive that is not be at the same place at the same time in the middle. You don't get the checkered flag if you run into somebody in the crossroads. Well, if you turn your spiritual crossroads into a rest area or a campsite, eventually Christ is going to run you over. A spiritual crisis is going to devastate you. And it can be catastrophic. So how do we avoid that? Spend time every day like this with God. Not just in Holy Week, but every week. Spending some time. For me, it has to be in the morning or it's not going to happen. In my personality and my life and all the activities of it and all the work and then the play and all of the things I like to do and spending time and trying to balance with family and wife and kids and grandkids, all of that, it has to be in the morning for me. And it's a good thing that it's the morning. It's a good thing for me. It's a good thing for my staff. They know when I'm sitting at my desk in the morning and I have it open, my devotion open, and my hand goes up, they know I'm not being rude. They know it's important. And when they see me there through the door, they say, it's going to be a better day for me if I let Pastor Woody finish that devotion. Because there's going to be hard decisions to make today, and I don't want him to get snarky. And he might already be tired and hungry, and that's a bad combination in my world. It has to be in the morning. But you find your time, but be intentional about it. If you're so blessed that you can do it with someone you love, like your wife or, or your husband or maybe a brother or a sister, a friend, a, a pastor, if you need spiritual guidance, if that's where you are in your spiritual journey, look for it. God will bring it to you. But do it. We have to do it. If we don't, we will not grow in grace or in number in the body of Christ because disciples are made in such ways. Because disciples know the will of God for their life and have the power to carry it out. This morning, if you have a spiritual crossroads moment, let the master engage with you in it. Whatever's needed. They have wonderful cushions around the kneeling rail. I know the pastor and I will, and others here, before we go and eat, don't miss this opportunity. Don't take for granted that the crossroads will pass and can just kind of get through it on your own because if we had the power to get through life on our own we would have already done it we couldn't save ourselves that's why we're in holy week we needed a savior to come we still need him in our lives today to transform us to sanctify us let this be your day Be made new so Christ's words can be fulfilled. It is finished. Amen or oh me. Amen. Let us pray.
Gracious and almighty God, thank you for allowing us to feast in your presence for brief moments, but so important and intentional. We have full lives. You know it. You created us that way. For you had full lives too, and sometimes your lives were your life, Lord, was so full that you had to go away for a while and rest and pray and be recharged. Lord, as many as are here are unique opportunities for grace. For as many as are here, they have unique spiritual crossroads going on right now. Whatever it is, Lord, whatever they are willing to be willing to bring to you, I pray your will be done in it. And these and all things we will forever pray in your name, the mighty name of Jesus, the Christ. Amen. Thank you, Pat. Thank you, Pastor Woody. Um, I do want to remind you uh, that that we're going to my my benediction is going to be um, a benediction and a blessing for the food. Uh, it right down this hallway. You can take the elevator or the stairs and go up to the gathering room. Lunch is five dollars. If if you uh, want to join us, we're we'd love to have you. Love to have you. If you uh, if you want to stay around for a few minutes after we dismiss, if you if you need special prayer, then Pastor Woody and I will be around here for for a few minutes. And so and that's one of the reasons I'm saying the blessing is is so if, when you're up there, you can go ahead and eat some of you got to get back to work. Um, but if you if you need uh, time at this altar for special prayer, I want to invite you to stay around after we dismiss and we'll pray with you if you need us to. All right, let's pray. Uh, God, thank you for breaking the bread of life to us today through Pastor Woody, through this beautiful music. Thank you, Lord, uh, for, for doing what you did. And uh, in, in the moment that, that you needed it, needed it most, being filled with the Spirit and able to, to do what you did for us. So, Lord, help us to carry that with us today. We thank you for this time together. We thank you for the food that's been prepared for us. We pray your blessings uh, on the food and we pray your blessings on each person gathered here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you.